This is a SABC Disability 360 feature on 5FM. Brought to you by the SABC Foundation. Today on the Weekend Playdate, it is my great pleasure to welcome researcher at WITS, Lisa Vetten, who is researching gender-based violence. Thank you so much for joining us, Lisa. Lisa, you have a study that is quite substantial on the margins of violence against women with disabilities. I was pretty intrigued to see that there were actually stats on women with disabilities who have reported gender-based violence, although some of the years are decades ago. Do you have any idea why it's taken them so long or why there hasn't been more more recent research on these stats? My sense is derived from the title of our study, On the Margins. Mm. Those who have disabilities are treated as marginal and peripheral to society. So I think there just doesn't seem to be the interest and the money and the willingness to spend the time on gathering the statistics that we need to get a sense of the extent of the problem and, more importantly, what we need to do to change the marginality and visibility of violence towards women and girls with disabilities. It's, it, it boggles the mind because, I mean, back, I think it was 1996, if I'm not mistaken, there was, there was something like over 3 million people with disabilities recorded in the country. That's a substantial amount of people. So even though we say marginal in terms of the entire populace, it's not a small number of people at all. And even if it was, they they still matter. Do you think that we have issues in South Africa with sort of diminishing the value of people because they are, are seen as lesser, whether they are women or disabled or both? I think we do. And I think if we look at life at Isidemeni, that mm. to me is a very graphic illustration on the low value we place on the lives and needs of people with disabilities. Something like that would never, ever have been done to an able-bodied person. But I think there was, you know, just the assumption that people are so dependent, um, are not going to speak out, will not have anyone to fight for them. Mm. Not only that, that because they're dependent on the state, they can be treated in any which way is chosen. Mm. Just indicates and I think underscores that lack of value. Uh, as far as your, your research goes and the experience that you've had with, with ladies who've, who've come forward and said that they are survivors of gender-based violence, do you have any solutions? Solutions is maybe a big word, but any steps that we can, that we can take either as regular South Africans or people who are in power in government, the decision makers, to 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 make the stop, to make the stigma of of uh, gender-based violence and people with disabilities continually being being lesser than and being victims, to, to just make to make it stop because it's it's it really does seem to be something that we we suffer from incredibly here in South Africa. Mm. We need to do different things, and very often the sorts of things we do will depend on the nature of the disability. So, for example, you can make courts and police stations and health services more accessible to people with physical impairments by putting in place wheelchair ramps, for instance. Wow, yes. And if you are in court or at a police station, and we have a very big problem with police stations, it's making sure that you have um, access to sign language interpreters mm. so, that people can com- so that people can communicate properly. But I think where we have a terrible failing is in relation to people who have intellectual or cognitive disabilities. Mm. They, although an entire chapter of the Sexual Offences Act is dedicated to crimes against people with intellectual disabilities, it hasn't really transformed the way things get done in court. So I think just the way you question doesn't often adequately is not often adequately adjusted to somebody's to somebody's particular mental age and capacities, for instance. From some recent research we've done, which has been national and has looked at reporting of rape cases, we've noticed that the cases that involve intellectual disabilities are probably the first to be dropped because there's a perception that these women and girls are not going to be believed because they don't function at the level of an adult 
but also there has been almost no training given to magistrates, prosecutors and defence attorneys as to how you question somebody with an intellectual disability mm. and what it is that you need to do in court to make the environment more accessible and appropriate to them. And it's really horrifying to me that we have one program in this country which is based in the Western Cape and run by Cape Mental Health. And that's been in existence for a good 20 years, and it hasn't become the standard nationally. Wow. That, again, I think reflects the lack of attention to, to the issue. Goodness. One part of the, the study that I thought was, was very interesting, and I, and I think it's a, a stat that needs to, that needs to be made, made public, is that um, in, in various nations they obviously have their own, their own numbers, but there's violence that actually causes disability. Mm. So the, I mean the the number of connections between this it's 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 astounding. So the number of people who have who were able-bodied, fully functioning um, adults who were then victims of either gender-based or, or non-gender-based violence who are now disabled, right. and then the link with that is also it's also very, it's very it's very upsetting. Uh, Lisa, for somebody who maybe is not uh, in media or is just interested in finding out about the study, is it publicly available? Can can people access it online or, or request it from you? They can certainly request it from me if it was and should still be on the website for the Centre for Study of Violence and Reconciliation under their gender program. Okay. It should be there, and I think it is called On the Margin. So if people Google it, I think they will find that it is also available at other sites. Mm. And purely because 12 years later, it still probably remains the most expensive piece of writing around violence against women and girls with disabilities. So it's csvr.org.za is the, is the website. So Center for the Study yes. of Violence and Reconciliation. Uh, Lisa, going forward, uh, we're now slowly but surely wrapping up 2017. We are in the middle of uh, 16 days of activism against women and children abuse. Is there a, a message or, or something that you would like those who are listening to to know post doing this this extensive research and maybe some some inkling of hope that we have for this country regarding the many examples of injustice that we have for people who who do have a voice but don't get heard? Mm. You know, I think we have provisions in the Sexual Offences Act that do recognize the particular kinds of sexual violence um, that are experienced by women, girls, men and boys with disabilities. We need to, as a very practical, concrete example, for instance, is demand that the police start to release statistics from the number of reports they receive yes. in those categories of crime. And that could be a very simple, basic thing that we, that we do. I think we also need to write to the Department of Justice, for example, and ask why things like the SAFE program, which is the program that assists victims of cognitive impairment in rape cases, why that is not the national standard. Mm-hmm. And I think in particular, what's very concerning for me is that next year we're going to start to feel the effects of the economic crises we've had this year. And what I hope is not actually going to pass is the very late decision to suddenly make higher education free. Mm. Then it's going to have a very serious impact on funding to other welfare services programs. And from the research I've been doing in the last two years, we've seen that services to people with disabilities are being cut. And we really need to make sure that the government does not continue that. There must be help to people with disabilities. We do not want to see another life SMME. There are ways to use Twitter, social media, writing to the presidency, writing to Treasury, writing to Parliament to ensure that those services don't get further cut and we deny further help to people with disabilities. People with disabilities face a great deal of stigma, and often, I think, especially in relation to women and girls, and I think to men and boys as well, often feel that they are less attractive and less lovable than other members of society. And that can make people with disabilities very vulnerable, especially women and girls, very vulnerable to abuse. Mm. 
Um, you know, I think there's also a very unfortunate tendency in our society to think that to exoticize sex with women and girls with disabilities. What? So I think it's really important. Yeah. No, I did not know that. That is awful. No, I mean it's one of the some of the workshops we've been running with uh, where they were ran with disabled people from Africa, for example. This was an issue that came up. Um, was this targeting or this eroticization of, of women with disabilities and thinking that sex with them was going to be particularly exotic or unusual. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know, that stigma does unfortunately create a situation where abuse can follow. Mm. And I think what you also don't necessarily recognize is that where somebody is dependent on care, that also opens them up and makes them vulnerable to abuse. And often it's very difficult when you are dependent on other people's care to go and report that person for abuse because then he will look after you. Mm. So I think there are a great many different dimensions of this problem that we're going to need to tackle. Absolutely. It's, it's definitely not a, a one-dimensional issue that people uh-uh. with disabilities are abused, just uh, is that a physical abuse. I'm sure the, the, the carers um, and, and the mental abuse and emotional abuse that, that can come mm. from various situations, from, from caregivers, from family, from friends, from mm. strangers, people in the workplace, um, and, and those that you, that you maybe go to for assistance even uh, might take advantage of that vulnerability. Absolutely. And I think that is a very unfortunate thing in South Africa is that vulnerability becomes a basis for abuse rather than a recognition of the need to provide and create extra rights to a particular group of people. Lisa Vetton, thank you so much for joining us on the weekend playdate. I really could talk about this for for hours and hours um, as much as it does um, upset me on a, on a human level. I think it is a very important discussion for, for us as, as young South Africans to have so that people who are our age and and older know that these are things that are important and that we take really seriously thank you so much for your time i really do appreciate it thanks nicole that's lisa vetson researcher on gender-based violence based efforts this sabc disability 360 feature was brought to you by the sabc foundation for more disability content visit sabc disability 360 on facebook or follow at sabc disability on twitter